hands a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another ex- episode of the Lookout Podcast. With me today is my good friend Tanner Fruit. How's it going? Oh, it's good, man. I got to angle this thing, so I'm looking at you actually a little bit better, but it's good, man. Thanks for having me. We're in the uh, Willow Lookout up on Willow Mountain, and uh, actually one of the origin stories kind of for my podcast is being up here when I was <laughs> dealing with the tumor, and uh, just BSing with Tanner here and about uh, life and some options, and I was trying to force you into doing a podcast, and yeah, then I kind of stole the idea. <laughs> Not no. really stole it, you weren't into it, so I was just like, well, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, I think you're a, an excellent podcast host, and so I think you doing it is a fantastic idea. Oh, thanks, man. And everything I that I've heard so far, I really like. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah. If I can, you know, get my stuff together a little better, I think we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, we're both really avid podcast fans we both listen to them all the time at least from from the conversations we've had just in general you know yeah absolutely man kind of comparing notes on things you know yeah and normally i don't do it but i should get i gotta i put a notes list together because nice yeah just like you know some of the conversations we had in the past and just like all stuff you're into man i mean like like you said like we're both kind of podcast enthusiasts and and i think because uh we both like work in media like you know i didn't really uh, announce you as, as I wanted to, like, uh, firefighter, lookout, you know, fire lookout, um, and musician, you know, and, and artist, really, is, uh, you know, the traits I was going to bring in on, so <laughs> I'm a little late to that, but uh, <laughs> did I miss anything on there? No, you pretty much nailed it. Yeah those, yeah, those are the things that I dedicate most of my time to. Yeah, man, and oh, it's awesome, dude, and I like the uh, the streaming things you've been doing, you know, with the sunsets, man, are huge, and yeah. uh and just kind of lifestyle you're li- living too, man, is something that's super cool. And I, you know, I just enjoy hearing about it, you know. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Well, well thank you for uh, you know the the pot, uh, comments on the podcast too. Yeah, dude. I'm just I'm so glad that you're you're doing it, you know. And um, yeah, it's just it's amazing to get into the process of like we were talking before this, learning how to do it. Yeah. Figuring man. out all the the bits and pieces it takes to do something like this you learn so much yeah dude all the ins and outs and stuff man like holy cow like you're talking like you know piecing your your gear together i'm over here complaining about you know two mics a couple of stands and and a gopro you know and (laughs) and then you're like yeah it's a pain to move all my music gear around and i guess we should you know kind of go into that a little bit man like uh so saxophone is kind of your your main uh instrument and then but you can Mm -hmm. you can kind of play multiple instruments right yeah saxophone is the main one i started that um, when you're in fourth grade, you know, really? when you like, you're in music school and you're, usually it's fifth grade, you pick an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then saxophone was one where you had to do summer band for them to let you do saxophone. Oh, so really? I did fourth grade is when I started. Were they kind of like making you earn it or something? Is that what the deal was? I think they thought because it had a lot of buttons, it was more complicated than other instruments. So they, they wanted you to have a little head start. Oh, gotcha. It, which is, it's surprising because the saxophone is, I would say it's no harder than uh, the flute, I think is harder. Yeah. A bunch of other instruments I feel are equally as hard. Yeah, the flute, uh, for sure, because I can kind of remember that, because I, I also played saxophone in fourth or fifth grade, and, you know, it was just kind of whatever the family had rolling around, you know? Yeah. My brother got the cornet, you know, like the horn thing? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, 
You know, every time you know, you tell someone coronet, they're like, oh, clarinet. And you're like, no, 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 not the same cornet, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cornet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little little horn thing, you know. Uh, like I think it's just like a little shorter, right, than like yeah. a trumpet, right? Yeah, same key, um, just a little smaller, like yeah. a slightly different timbre. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and it was a little more compact, so I was jealous because I'm lugging the saxophone around. You know, as a little kid, and Gil's, my older brother's got this little, you know, cornet that he's bringing to school with him. He could fit in his backpack. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, I think I was, like, one of those over-enthusiastic <laughs> kids, though, because I think I was just, like, blowing in that sucker as hard as I could. You yeah, know, Not, dude. like, thinking about it. That's good. If I was your teacher, I'd be I'd be stoked on that. Oh, really? Like, I, I thought I'd be like, the annoying kid. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. No, if we're being honest, the more more air is better. You can more air means more material, more material that you can sculpt into a good sound. Oh, but like getting a kid to to put more air into the horn is uh, I feel like that was probably harder than having someone be like, okay, you have a lot of air, good sound. Oh. now let's let's figure out how to sculpt that. Yeah, rather than um, try and like build a kid's confidence into blowing more air. Oh, gotcha. I kind of see that, especially at a young age, you know, like, kids are shy. Look, yeah. Yeah, I guess luckily I wasn't there for a while. I got a little shy when I was older, but uh-huh. <laughs> not not that age, you know. Uh-huh. Just a young, wild kid. Um, yeah, man, that's that's pretty awesome. Did you want to dive into the music world a little bit, or do you want to go, like, more towards the fire stuff? Oh, whatever you want, dog. I'm yeah. I mean, we're on, you know, stay on the music thing for a little bit. I just yeah. maybe look back to kind of how we got to here, you know, and yeah. uh, on, on top, like I said, didn't even say where we're at. Yeah. On top of the lookout right now. I mean, we're up at Willow Lookout, but we're on, yeah. on the roof, which is pretty cool. And uh-huh. got the bitterroots in the background and beautiful sunset going off. And uh, hopefully that camera's picking that up. And then uh, almost full moon rising up to our east here in our face. So might be able to pick that up here in a minute. Yeah, maybe do, you do a little intro video edit and oh. show the moon. T- yeah, yeah, that's a good point, man. I was almost <laughs> thinking like we're just kind of switch locations here in a minute when uh-huh. you know I'm when the moon comes up. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Take a little pause and switch it up, and uh-huh. you know maybe you can warm me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm shivering a little bit, but I'm feeling all right. You cold? I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Oh good. Yeah, my jacket's well insulated. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting sweatshirt, but I'm, I'm just gonna muscle through it. I think. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. I mean, if it's if you're shivering, I'm. I would not blame you for grabbing a, a sweater. No, no, man, we're in it. I'm I'm right. I'm, I'm locked <laughs> in now. I've been you know, like we've been playing this for a while, so and uh you know, since this is like your last night here in the lookout, so it's kinda kinda cool that we got to end the season up here, man, because we've been talking about this for like two years we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. Up here. Yeah, since since twenty twenty. Yeah, man. The inception of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it came with the name and that's how the name came to be because I was, you know, saw your equipment, I was like, Oh dude, lookout podcast and uh-huh. like, I like the sound of it, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but back to the music stuff, man. I mean, you were doing music back then, and, and I guess since fourth grade. And then where'd you go from, from like, fourth grade? Did you go, like, high school band and stuff? or? Yeah, I pretty much stuck with it. I started in fourth grade all the way through. I mean, I, when I got to high school, that's when I started to get really serious about it. Oh, yeah. And um, was taking lessons the entire time. And... um when I first got into the honor bands, all state band, all Northwest band, that's when it, it really clicked for me because I was around a lot of people that really cared about it. Yeah. Cause normal band, it's kind of, people are kind of in there because they have to be a lot of them are. Yeah, totally. Dude. But when you go to one of the honor bands, there are these people that are really dedicated to the craft. They really care about the music. And the yeah. mu- when you get a bunch of people like that in one room playing music, it's super powerful. Even at, 
that age. Yeah, absolutely. Because most people are like into it, right? You know, and yeah, like aren't just there, like just wailing away on an instrument because they have to be, you know. Yeah. 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 And so that was super inspiring. And then um, decided to go to college for it. Oh, really? Because uh, I got like a little, I got a scholarship for it. And um, yeah, I just, I wanted to keep doing it. Yeah, man. And uh, went to the University of Montana, studied saxophone performance. Oh, cool. Graduated with that as a degree. And then when I got into college, that's when I joined my first band that played out, played at bars, played at festivals, played at parties. Oh, really? And that's when it really, that's when I was like, this is what I want to do. This I is my bet, favorite man. thing. Like looking out over the crowd and people getting into it and stuff. Yeah. Like the part, being the party. Yeah. We played a couple parties where it was like classic house party. Everyone's raging the entire places. Oh, really? Just slammed. Every corner of the house was packed with people. And oh, dude. Yeah. Coming some off a movie scene, huh? Exactly. Dang, man. Yeah, there's one party that we played. There's so many people there that the the deck collapsed. Really? <laughs> Dude. Thankfully, it wasn't like a high deck. It just fell like six inches or so. Still, though, man, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's like definitely something off a movie, you know? Yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely like that. I have very fond of those memories. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, like, the the first night of being on stage, I mean, like, that'd be wild, like, at a live venue, you know? I mean, like, just... Yeah. I mean, you probably did some stuff. Did you do any, like, pet band stuff for the university? No, I was... I never really dug pep band or marching band. Marching band, I really actually kind of despised. Yeah. Because I hate being cold. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Montana marching band is... It's in the fall. Yeah. It's around right now. Yep. And it's always cold. And the saxophone never really gets the good parts. Oh, true. Marching band is fun if you play trumpet or drums. Drums, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like that's iconic for college games is, you know, you hear the exactly. drums just wailing away. Yeah. And thing I didn't have to do marching band because I was a performance major. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, I never had to do that. I wasn't into that. I was like, jazz band was my, my favorite thing. Yeah, that's that cool. That's what really got me into it. Yeah, man. God, and there's there's so many avenues, and I I even forget about, and I you know, and there's more layers than than I know about for sure. You know that that you know about, and but when I was in, I think maybe we talked about this, but when I was in college, um, I was running track, you know, at, at uh, MCB, and I was struggling with the, uh, um, I had to take like a music appreciation course, uh-huh. and we had to follow the music, and it was really cool, it was, you know, like beethoven and um i'm trying to call it like the old uh composers yeah you know and then like as the music was going you, you had a sheet and you had to follow and the instructor or the professor would be like he'd pause it and he'd be like all right you know mark where we're at or something i can't remember he had some kind of thing where he'd stop the music or he'd say something and you had to like say where we're at and you do it throughout the whole piece of music and at the end you turn it in that was our test and I was like tone deaf or something, <laughs> you know, like I could not, I could not do it, man. Like I could uh-huh. not figure it out for some reason. And like, I was at every class. So I finally went to him about like halfway through, you know, you can drop. And I was like, Hey man, like, you know, you probably see me, I'm there like every day, you know, in the, in the front part of the class and small class. And I was like, I, I just can't do it, man. Like my ear isn't working or something. Uh-huh. And he, so the only way I could like pass with a decent grade was to go to all these performances around Billings, so like the Billings Symphony yeah. and orchestra. And then um, 
Billings also had a pretty good auditorium itself, and they had like a percussion band and a brass band. Uh-huh. So I got to get exposed to all the stuff that I'd never seen being from small town Whitehall, and like yeah. get a new appreciation for it, man. And you know, I'd, and uh, the reason why I was telling you I was doing track at the time is because like most of the time it was in the evening, so I get doing track track practice, and I even have time to shower. <laughs> and like uh-huh. I would just like go like sometimes in my sweats and show up at like this awesome like um, a theater type venue downtown Billings where the Billings Symphony was playing. And, like, I'd just be, like, in the back, so I'm like, I don't want anyone to have to smell me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, some of the other students were doing the same thing, and yeah. they'd show up, and they get their, like, play. Is it Playbill when you show up to those things? Is that what it's called? Oh, like, uh... Because the theater's Playbill, yeah, right? What are they called? Like, your your program. Program, yeah. Yeah. And that was, like, our proof that we were there. Yeah. You know, you turn that in. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, a lot of students would go get the program, sit around, make sure the professor's not, like, watching, and then sneak uh-huh. out. And I remember thinking, like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And then I stayed for the whole performance, man. I was that's like, this awesome. Is, this is great. And it's, and I think that kind of music doesn't doesn't uh, come through as well, like, on CD or no. on radio, you no. know? That's that's some live stuff. Yeah. You get a whole group of, like, 30 or 40-plus people in the room all working and working together to create music. It's it's amazing. It's powerful. Yeah. And secondhand, it just doesn't come across, man. No. Like, it just... Uh, loses its crispness or something you know yeah. if that makes any sense definitely oh yeah. yeah yeah the sound is uh music today everything that's on spotify everything is compressed oh. like there's all this the audio is a bunch of waves and stuff and like it's a lot of information but how you can fit it on a phone or like stream it across the airwaves is it, it gets compressed and it yeah. basically like removes a lot of the detail of the of the sound oh gotcha. we're live i mean there's nothing that's as, as real as it gets. Yeah, straight from the in, you know instrument to your face and yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's so in nice, dude. Yeah, and like just going to see like a brass band was super cool because I never seen that. And then yeah, like I remember walking a little bit later to the percussion and I one of the um, he's a pole vaulter was on our team. I knew he was doing something, you know, like with instruments. You know, like that's how like naive I was to what he was doing. You know, we talked a little bit about it and then I show up and he's like on some like massive drums on the stage and just sounded awesome, dude. Uh-huh. But so were, were you like doing that for the university then there U of M? Uh huh. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I played in um, the symphon- symphonic wind ensemble, which is oh wow, that's like orchestra ish with with woodwinds. So there's no strings. Yeah. It's uh. And woodwinds like with wood reed kind of like. Yeah, woodwinds are flutes, clarinets, oboes, bassoons, um, saxophones. Technically a woodwind. Oh, gotcha. And I think that's it. that's. It, yeah, and then trumpets, trombones, tuba, percussion. Oh, gotcha. God, that's, that must be pretty cool then, huh? Uh, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. super fun. Man, it's a totally different sound. You know, you take out a lot, lot of those other instruments, you know, like without like drums and all that, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of it, took it for granted in a way. I didn't know, but anymore, I don't play in ensembles like that anymore because you can't get 60 people in a room to, to do that. You know, we rehearsed. Yeah. Three, four times a week, played shows, went on tours and stuff. And, um, I mean, you can't afford that anymore, you know? No, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the only thing is, like, sometimes when you're younger, you don't realize, like, things like, when, you know, you were in college it, and being part of it, me having kind of be forced to those shows. Like, if I go back in time, man, I wouldn't have missed one, you know? <laughs> like, I'd have gone yeah. there all the time, like, because instead of just like sitting around my apartment you know like staring at my homework and maybe not doing it uh-huh. or, you know at least i get a break and go check something out and watch some of my friends play you yeah know? yeah thankfully they still you can still do that like university of montana has oh true 
any university, that's kind of where you're going to get that. There's professional ones in some of the cities. Yeah. And then, like, you know, there's symphonies all around. So it's still possible to see it. But Yeah, that's a good point, man. I just got to think about doing it and make yeah, it happen. Exactly. Take a little effort. And you have to, in school, it was for free. Yeah. You, know, you have to pay for it. Yeah, true. I think that's why I probably don't think about it as much, you know? Like, I'm thinking about paying stuff. It's, you know, going to, like... I don't know, movie or something, I guess, or, you know, sporting game. But yeah. it'd be nice to, like, just get some more culture and do something new and, you yeah. know, break up the, you know, it kind of breaks up the, the year a little bit to go to something else, you know. And, like, I, when I was a kid, we always go to, like, the Nutcracker, you know, which is, yeah. you know, like, I, is that like an orchestra? Yeah, that's a, technically you'd call it a ballet. A ballet, which, oh. which is, uh, they got the full orchestra, but then they're also all the Act, dancers. It's yeah, a full on production. Yeah. And I think that I mean, that kind of helped me a little bit as a kid, you know, doing that tradition with my grandma. So yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah, I don't tell many people that, but now it's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it came, where it became, like weird to to do something like that. I yeah. I love going to musicals. I, I'm like. I love musicals. Yeah, man. Like and ballet and all that stuff. It's especially live, you get to get appreciation for the talent. Appreciation for the talent, you know. Yeah. I think that's another thing. Watching that on TV, like the Nutcrackers on TV every year, you know, from some big, probably Broadway performance or something. But yeah. You know, I can't. I can't really get myself to watch it. You know, but if I was yeah. like, even if it was like a small, like when my grandma, when we were little, it's like wherever was playing it, you know, like we'd be like at a, you know, like a high school theater or something. Like uh-huh. maybe not quite that small, but like a small production. Yeah. And. You know, like you just had appreciation for these actors that you never knew, and just see them out there, you know, getting, yeah. you know, giving it their best, you know. And then I think in high school too, being around like the drama folks, like you know, having friends that were in, in plays and stuff, and uh-huh. seeing them like put it on, you know, like you'd have your everyday, you know, friend, and then all of a sudden they're on the stage doing, you know, little, you know, acting out as, as like Fiddler on the Roof, you know, one of the characters in yeah. that, you know, like classic. Yeah, Tavi, I think is the lead, right? I, f- I forgot the name. Wrong. I yeah. forgot the name. I just remember some of the music. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. So, um, did you play for any like plays like that or ballets? Um, I have played for plays. Is I'm actually playing for a play in a few weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I've never seen it, but I know, I know about it. You, you know, come, dude. Yeah, it's, it's uh, October 27th and or 28th and 29th. At the Wilma. At the Wilma. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. So that that one's fun because it's, it's a play, but it's, it's pure debauchery. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Everyone gets naked at the end of the show, and it's, it's absurd. Yeah, totally, man. And that's yeah, that's kind of what it's known for, right? Like kind of the big, yeah, you know, like, cult classic. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah, totally, man. And uh, good timing for it though, like right around Halloween, you exactly. know. Exactly. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, I gotta see if I can get some childcare, but yeah, like. Yeah. You know, Probably don't need to bring the baby to that show. No. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, she, she probably wouldn't really know what's going on, but, no, you know. I don't think so, but it'd still be, like. Yeah, a little uh, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'd love to go, man, especially, like, I mean, you know how, how it is, like, just having someone involved in the performance, like, makes you, you know, enjoy it more, I think. Because you're like, that's, that's my buddy down there playing, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, that's cool. And you got any other shows coming up then besides that? Um, yeah, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm playing at Bitter Brewery next week. Oh, at Bitter, Bitter Brewery? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Dude. And then that Saturday I'm playing at Staven Hoop. Oh, so you mean like the podcast coming out? Man, I'll have to, I'll have to blast you out. I don't, because we're kind of, I think we're about f- three weeks out before this comes out. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. just kind of like my, my order of things, but. Yeah. 
So you'll be already played at the Bitterroot, I guess. What was yeah. the next one you had? Uh, Stave and Hoop. Stave and Hoop. It's a, the speakeasy underneath of Pangea oh. in Missoula. It's, it used to be Liquid Planet. Oh. But, uh, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it used to be the big Liquid Planet off of Higgins, right? Right yeah. off the main drag there. Uh-huh. Cool. What is that? When's that? Two weeks? Um, That's next Saturday. Oh, dang it, man. Like, <laughs> <that's> still, still <laughs> before, before this thing gets out. Dang. Uh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Okay, I wish, wish I was a little like more you know, on top of my episodes. Yeah, you know, no, like, tell the people to follow me on Instagram. and that, that I usually blast out where I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. What do you, yeah, what do you got for you know, hit, hit out your social right now? Tanner Fruit Loops. Hey, yeah. Just yeah. Instagram there? Yep. Nice, man. You got all your all your shows and information on that. I usually put it on there, yeah. Yeah, and check out the because you can. Can you still go back and watch some of those old live streams that you had? Yeah, yeah, it's all on on YouTube under the same name. Cool, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Anyone who's listening to this, I'd recommend checking those out. Like, um, and I told Tanis already, but I want to repeat it just because it was really cool for me because I live, you know, not too far from where we're at here. Yeah, we can probably see your house. Yeah, yeah, you can probably see it. You know, just just down that away, <laughs> and uh, so like I think lat lat long. I don't know. Where uh, the line. I think Lat's north and south, Long's east and west, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So latitudinally, I think we're like right in line about you know just a little bit of elevation gain up here. Uh-huh. So, uh, so we're getting like the same exact sunset. I'm you know I'm watching through my phone, cooking dinner, and watching my sunset, listening listen to the music. Man, it's a great way to kind of wind down the evening. That's man. awesome. Yeah, I really really appreciate you having it out there. Yeah. Thank you for watching. That's exactly what I was kind of doing it for. It's just yeah. kind of like. 100% improvised, and I'm just kind of making beats and vibing out at sunset, and that's kind of the goal. Like, you put me on while you're cooking dinner or cleaning the house or whatever. and Yeah, driving home from work. Exactly. Yeah, because that's usually when I started. I think you'd be about just getting started when I'd be leaving, you know, yep. the office there, and then, you know, cruise at home and, you know, put a pause on it and say to the yeah. fam, and then start getting stuff ready for dinner and put it back on. and yeah. Yeah, it's super cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to continue to do it as well. It's not going to be at the lookout for the time being. I'm going to try and find um, nice vistas to do it at, but oh, yeah. probably a lot of it's going to be in whatever room I'm in at the time. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Until next season when I um, return. return to the tower. Yeah, that would be cool, man. And you've been here how many seasons now? This is my third season at Willow Mountain. Willow Mountain. Eighth season is Lookout. Dang, I was at dude. Sula Peak before this, like, yeah. Where Sam, Sam is currently. Yeah. Staffing the Hilton on the hill. Hilton on the hill, it really is, man. Holy cow. Yeah. Like that's set up. Like it looked big in the pictures, but then when I walked in the room, like when you actually get in the thing, you're like, this is massive. It's, it's epic. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I love the sound in there too. Practicing oh. saxophone there was amazing because the ceiling's really high. Yeah. And it has a really nice reverb. Yeah, I bet, dude. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's cool. So eight years of Lookout, and then how many years is uh, Firefighter, is Wildlander? This is my 13th. 13th season. Jeez, we almost got about the same amount of time. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. It's crazy. It's, it's wild. To, all the people we started with are the... Bosses. The bosses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, now you're a boss, but... Yeah, kind of, not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, one of my friends is an FMO, you know? Like, it's wild to think that's about. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean the well at least the acting bitter at shot this year you know I, I just talked about this yesterday in the podcast i did with ivy but i'm a year older than cash <laughs> you know and it's wild yeah. to think about because like what the soup now yeah 
So it's like wild to think about because when I was, you know, starting off, like a soup was like this, like, you know, just uh, the bad, bad, the baddest. Yeah, the baddest and like um, older, you know, like wise yeah, person. some fire. Yeah, like a senior person. Not like old, but like as in like withering away, but like old as in like experienced. Exactly, you know? yeah. And like now I'm a year older than one of them. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, time just flies, dude. It does. Yeah. So then what what brought you to look out life in the in the first place i guess i mean really it was music oh because really? i did i graduated high school on friday and started at, in powell on monday oh wow so that was when I, I started right out of high school did two seasons at powell and then did three seasons at nine mile on the lolo oh yeah and then my last season was my first full season because i graduated from college and then was kind of deciding what i wanted to do what i wanted to do in life is like do i want to do career fire do yeah. I want to, like, do that track and, you know, work my way up and uh, maybe hot shot for a bit? And eventually, I think I would have tried to smoke jump like you. Yeah. It seems like the sweetest. I love the, I just I just like it. Yeah, the lifestyle is great, dude. I like lifestyle. I, I was going to say, like, the lifestyle you live is real super similar to a lot of the, you know, the, yeah. what the bros do. And I like the autonomy. Yeah. I like the fact that you can kind of do, like, be your own person and. Yeah, it's definitely more independent, you yeah. know? Like, your day is a little more independent. You're, you're assigned to different areas of the jump base, but, like, you, you kind of have a little bit more flow to it. And, yeah, like you said, you're not really getting micromanaged like you yeah. can on other crews and stuff. Or yeah. You're just part of the crew nature, you know? Like, uh -huh. Which the crew is amazing, but yeah. I, I also, like, I just like not having three bosses telling me what to do all the time. Yeah, it's a, especially at a district, man. It's, it's so tough like that because, you, you know, like uh, – Steve I's got two captains, right? And then, like, uh -huh. Darby Sula, you know, like... He then AFMO, FMO, yeah. District yeah. Ranger. It's just, like, the ladder goes all the way up. and Yeah, and depending on who you run into, you get different instruction at a different minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, that's just... That's part of it all, but... Yeah, because things are just changing, but it's just... Exactly. It does make it a little tougher, because, like, at the jump base, I mean, there's not... There's not the uh, the movement, you know, like, you're... Yeah. Especially you're in fire season, you're at the, at the jump base until we get a fire call, or, you know, and if you're on first load uh, you're there you know and then yeah. if something else happens to come up then you know like a practice jump is typically the only time you really leave the base for anything and uh -huh. unless you're going like single resource or have some other obligation you yeah. know so there's not really all that like changing in in plans like you get in a district yeah. you know where it's like your captain could have been told something from the night before and so that's the plan and then all of a sudden like you're on the fmo or afmo or whoever who's just got some new information they're like no no we're doing this now so it's like oh yeah yeah and you know plans change so fast like that but yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think you'd really enjoy the the jumper world man for sure yeah. i just like and there's such a bunch of bad dudes yeah bad bad people yeah I mean, i'm some of the just bad people i've yeah. seen some some hardcore men and women that um I'm just very impressed. Yeah, man, my friend. Their attitude and the way they work and. Yeah, yeah. Me and, me and Tyler Ware were talking about his rookie cuz, you know, like, uh, well, his whole class, man, like Tyler Ware's was was really awesome, really outstanding group. Not only like tough and good workers, but just great people, man. Just, yeah. Like, really cool, super chill, and like his his rookie class, man, like that was full of just like tough, you know, men and women of that one, you know, like just. They're the first ones in the Ram Air, so and hopefully I'll have them on so we can talk about it. But yeah, like I think it, and hopefully I'm not getting this wrong. But I think at one point uh, Naomi Mills was coming in and she hit so hard that she put like her teeth through her lip. Oh, and like you know just and was more worried about like uh, having a like a check against her towards 
you know, completing rookie training and, you know, like having a yeah. a bad mark for like not doing her landing right than yeah. she was about her like face the bleeding. Fact that she put a hole in her lip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's how tough she is. I'm that's like, insane. dang, man. Like respect. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. So much respect. Yeah, dude. So yeah, man. I think he, I think you'd fit in good, and especially all the all the amount of jumpers that seem to come out of Powell, man. Just was breeding in there for a while. Felt like you know. Yeah, yeah. Some of the people that I started with my first season are jumpers now. Derek Ryan, Brendan Quinn. Yeah. Um, yeah, Quinn's a beast. And Derek yeah. Ryan was part of that 2015 class with Tyler and Mills. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's awesome, man. He's a hardworking dude. Get my wires yeah, he's the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just brings back fond memories of, you know, th- like your first years in fire when you're really young. Yeah. Um, everything's, just, everything's awesome. It's just really, yeah, everything's really fun. Like, here's a drip torch. Go burn down that yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like okay like you don't really know what you're doing or how to yeah. do it but you, you got fire in your hands yeah, you know exactly so fun yeah so fun uh for people who don't know i got i'm trying to get better at this but like a drip torch is basically it's i mean it's it's gotta be like two gallons right i mean it's a jug that's pretty good size and it's got yeah. a, a curly straw looking thing that ends up as a wick and it has a mix of fuel of gas and diesel diesel tones on the gas so it's not as volatile mm-hmm. so you get more of this like easy burn once in a while, you get one that's a little more hot on gas, so you get, like, yeah. a hot torch. But if you get it, like, a nice mix, it you know you can kind of look up the videos of people just, like, laying down a nice little line of fire. And it, and the the curly cue in the straw helps slow the rate of fuel, and then you have a little, um, like, carb, a little breather to uh-huh. open and close to get more f- uh, fuel out. And, uh, and then the wick keeps the keeps fire going for you and just lay a bunch of fuel down until uh-huh. it's gone. And it's, uh, it's a pretty good time, especially when you first get a hold of one. Oh, it's so fun. I try and tell people that... Uh Everything that everyone's ever told you your entire life not to do, <laughs> you're supposed to do in when you're burning. You know, like, yeah. careful, don't you don't want to burn down the forest. Yeah. Where when you're burning, it's like, okay, make sure you burn that. Yeah, <laughs> sure consumption. You burn in. that chunk of the forest. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, so man. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, that's kind of the, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to bring up because that's the kind of the new changing of the forest and, and just of, um, you know the wild land agencies you know all involved like state blm um probably contractors forest service I might be missing some but um is the uh you know the good fires prevent bad fires you know it's kind of the new new uh way of things moving you know so yeah and uh so i was putting down fire and like, like you said burn up chunk of the forest you know and we can control it versus august when that same chunk is burning and we have no control, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. You're just telling people to get out of the way. Yeah, exactly, man. I'm trying to catch trying, it. Yeah, trying to stop a, a natural disaster. Yeah. It's it's something that I also end up explaining to a lot of people that come to visit. Yeah, dude. Like, why don't they just put that fire out? Like, well. We'd like to. It's like trying to stop a hurricane. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, you really, there's not much you can do. Yeah, totally. And that's like with the new legislation they were trying to put through, you know, I think had a little bit of that uh, verbiage in there was like, we don't get in front of tornadoes. We don't get in front of hurricanes. Why, you know, we're, we're losing people because we're getting in front of, uh, you know, wildfires that are naturally cause a lot of them, you know? Yeah. And just part of the part of the landscape anymore, you know? Uh-huh. Man. But yeah. And, you know, Smokey. <laughs> Smokey didn't really help us out there, <laughs> you know, no. for a while. But the message is getting changed, you know? And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Living, you learn, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, trial and error, and that's you know, a little unfortunate. But, but I'm sure our generation's probably doing some things that you know they're going to look back and be like, "Why were they doing that?" You yeah, know, I'm like sure, to the forest. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just 
you know, knowing that it's coming is kind of tough, you know, being a part of it, but uh-huh. just, just how it goes. But you've been, dude, you were at, like, some historic uh, ranger stations because, like, Powell's this really cool, like, hidden gem, like, yep. out in the middle of nowhere, you know, like, it gets dark at there at night because there's no lights, there's nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that district. It was gorgeous terrain. Yeah. I love the, the ranger station itself, all the mules. Um, yeah, and, yeah, like, it was great, great overhead the time it's all every you know it's revolving door it's all all different, different now different faces now yeah and then going from that like historic little chunk of heaven to nine mile you know another little historic chunk of heaven you know yeah yeah did i say so, that backwards yeah i was so powell first, powell first which yeah. is amazing in the middle of nowhere yeah no cell service yeah oh so i messed that up i said like nine s- mile huh yes oh yeah my bad yeah, but i i love both of them so yeah. Powell, middle of nowhere, right behind Locksaw Lodge, no cell cell service. So it's, it felt like summer camp. Yeah, you're just like hanging out, um, just you and your crew. Yeah, dude. Everyone's hanging out all all day during the day, and after work you're hanging out with the same people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is could get interesting sometimes, but yeah, overall really good. Yeah, I could see it being a little. You know, sometimes that gets a little rough towards the end of the summer, but, you know, if you've got a good crew and, you know, like everyone's getting along pretty good, usually ends up being good stories and good time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm still friends with a lot of them. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, it builds that bond, you know, especially you got no one else to really hang out with, you know. Yeah. And then you go to Nine Mile, I guess, like you're saying with the mules and uh-huh. the, just the history there, man. It's so, so cool. You drive up on that and you're like, wow, man, this is, this is um, every ranger station should look, you yeah. know. Uh-huh. And then it's got some jump history there too, which is kind of cool. Yep. And then, and then you end up at Sula Peak. Is that? Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about how I got into Lookout, and yeah. basically after my third season at Nine Mile, after I graduated from college, they offered me a season-long detail with the Lewis and Clark shots and the Forest ship. Oh really? So I was like, I had a big decision. I could go and get real into the fire game, make some money, yep. get into that life. And that was also when I was really interested in the lookout life. Because oh. my first season in Powell, we uh, we flew up and helped staff Bear Mountain, which is um, staffed by Steve Callen, who's actually a good friend of mine. Oh. And we play music all the time. Oh, really? But we were loading the helicopter and getting him ready to fly him up to his lookout. Yeah. And uh, he put his electric upright base in the back of the helicopter. Really? And I was like, dude, you're a genius. That is this awesome. is the best idea ever. You just practice all summer, huh? Does it fold down? Like I'm picturing a, like a big, nor- like regular base. So it, it's an electric upright. So it's it's like a big, it looks like a stick. Oh. It's like... <laughs> Kind of like a, like the electric violin looks, right? Exactly. Just like a skeleton of yeah, what a violin is. It's the upright bass minus the body. It's just oh. a fingerboard, and then it has pickups on it. And um, That's awesome, dude. Yeah, we flew him up and checked out his tower, which is amazing. Yeah, but I've never been. The, uh, the trailhead for that is Jerry Johnson Hot Springs. Oh, really? Seven-mile hike with, like, 7,000 vert. <sighs> it's an, he's, a, he's a boss. Yeah, that's... He's, <laughs> he's a boss. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's been at that lookout for over 30 years. That's nuts, dude. And he still hikes that? Yeah. 7,000 yeah. vert. I just want to, like, repeat that. He's <laughs> the one I'm playing a gig with at a Bitterroot Brewery. Really? On Thursday, yeah. Oh, that's so super cool, man. We play music a lot, and 
um, yeah, he's the man. He's definitely like he's a mentor of mine. Yeah, jeez, man. If I'm not, because I'm taking that week, or no, this this is this coming week. You're gonna be at bitter. Yeah, next. Oh, Thursday. yeah, I, I should be around, man. I'm, I'll have to check that out, dude. Yeah. I mean, me and the fam will show up and yeah, can we get a bite, bite to eat? Yeah, come support it. You know, great food. Great food. Yeah, great beer there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. And then. So that kind of sparked the bug. You're like, man, this seems like a good idea. Get that got the wheels turning. I mean, that was my first season, and I just I, I held on to that. I kept thinking about it. I was like, that's that's genius. Yeah, dude. And then it was kind of like, I've you know you've done, that was a big thing with fire. I was in music school, and then during the summers I'd be, going on fire assignments. Yeah. And I'm not practicing my horn for, two to three weeks, oh, yeah. four weeks at a time, which when you're in music school it's. That's a big blow. Summertime is a is a huge opportunity to practice a lot and really get better at your craft. Yeah. And I'm, you know, in Arizona or yeah. no, just you know working fire. Yep. Yeah. Just gone and two weeks on, two days off sometimes back on the road. So like exactly one of those days is just rehabbing gear and washing and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Just trying to relax and. I was trying to tried to make it work. There's a lot of craziness with. Uh, I was still playing in my college band during the summer. I would make as many gigs, gigs as I could. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would be, I would work a full day, thinning at oh. nine mile. All that's all we did was thin. Yeah. And um, I know those days well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no fires, you're thinning. Yep. No oh. PT, you're thinning. Yep. Thinning's PT. Yep, thinning is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um. Yeah, I would work all day, and then I would go and play a show at night until like 2 a.m. and then I'd work the next day. Jeez, man. Did that multiple times and that was brutal. I don't think I could survive that now if I had to do that. Oh, it was so dumb, dude. Yeah, like... It was, I mean, that was just me being 20 years old and that's what I crazy. I see the same thing. Like, uh, you know, I was working on a Whitehall in Bozeman that wasn't too far away and they had music on Maine on like Tuesdays or Thursdays and yeah. bomb over there and hang out with a bunch of friends and, you know, like just be out dancing the street until, like you said, one or two in the morning and then... Yeah, you come, come to work, you're at you haven't slept you're hungover and then you're supposed yeah. to go and operate a chainsaw yeah dude oh yeah that's amazing that we still have all our fingers and toes <laughs> yes know? do you see that light out there man yeah looks like there's just a, a car coming back oh car yeah because it was flickering i wasn't sure you know i don't know the country very good back there so i thought maybe just like a another mountain biker just working their way back yeah that looks like a car yeah a little too bright huh that's kind of cool hopefully the camera's picking us up I, I feel like it is and if it's not It'll be a cool yeah, silhouette either way. <laughs> might just be an audio episode. Yeah, exactly. We can also, if we want to do a part two, oh, we can yeah. move inside. Oh, yeah. Which That's I'm very, I'm into that. Yeah. Maybe we'll. Because yeah. we, I have lights down there. Yeah, maybe we'll do a part two here in, here in a few. You know, get you know, a few, little bit more moonlight. You know, yeah. record a few more minutes here and then yeah. head down for part two. And that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I'll warm up then too, thaw out a little bit. Yep. Camera's probably picking me up just over here, just like shivering. It looks like I had like way too much caffeine. I'm like super into the combo, which I, I'm really into it, but like uh-huh. I don't look like I'm overly into it, I guess. <laughs> like a weirdo. Like, hey man, he really likes that Tanner guy. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> but so, uh, man, where we leave off before I got sidetracked by the light? Oh, uh, yeah. I so made the decision. Oh, yeah. To, uh, I applied to Sula, to the Sula district. I was actually going to be at TP Point first. Oh, really? Um, Derek Davenport was the 
was my point of contact during that period. Was he the FMO at the time? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he hired me. Really liked the fact that I had fire experience, so I was kind of a shoe in. And they had openings for both. And um, the lady that was going to be at Sula Peak switched to TP Point because she had a dog and was afraid of the rattlesnakes at Sula Peak because it's notoriously lots of rattlesnakes. Lots, Uh. yeah. Which I mean, it was. I saw I saw plenty of rattlesnakes up there. Yeah, I almost okay. stepped on a couple a couple times. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like early in the morning or something? Just kind of. Well, I would, I would go on runs. Oh, yeah. And I would have music in. Like, you know, yeah. I was like, told my essay was totally off. Yeah. And then I'm like, taking a step, and there's a teeny baby little rattlesnake. Oh, man. Sizzling. Yeah, it's a sizzling. Yeah, because I could sit some of those little suckers don't really rattle yeah, too well because I don't like, have enough. It's just like a little sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great way so to put it. I saw, you know, once some seasons I would see five or six. Jeez, dude. And those are the, you know, they say those bad, I don't know if it's true, but remember the rumor behind the babies is they'll give you the whole venom instead yeah. of like a little little shot, so it's supposed yeah. to be worse, right? Yeah, but I, I would never kill them. I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to live in the same environment as them. You know, I respect you. You respect me. Yeah, yeah. Let's live here in harmony. If you bite me, I will kill you. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just exactly. Don't, just don't bite me. Don't, don't make me do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I respect that too. So never had to, never had to do that. Yeah, you but were there yeah. for two seasons. Five seasons. You were five seasons. Five Jeez, seasons my math's three. off. <laughs> yeah, it was five seasons. It was sweet. It was exactly what I did, what I wanted it for. I'd, yeah. I was playing in, um, I was playing in two bands, three year to dog, which transformed into Shakewell. Shakewell oh. is a, um, a well known, Missoula band. Oh, gosh. That I played in for a long, like, several years and still play with the people today. Oh, really? Still play gigs with them. That's awesome, dude. But, um, yeah, practice all week, look out all week, and then we'd play gigs on the weekend and just do that over and over again. It was awesome. That is awesome. So you got to, like, drive out from the lookout, you know, deep in the Bitterroot all the way to Missoula or wherever yeah, the gig was? Pretty and often. Yeah. And I was kind of, I wasn't on, I wasn't overtime hungry at the time. I was just like, I, w- I want to play music. This is why I, d- I decided to do this. Yeah, man. So I'd, I would take most of my weekends off. Sometimes I would take five to six days off at a time. And Derek was really cool about that. He he understood what I was, Jason. What I was there for. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool, man. And I think it pays to have bosses like that. And you get them yeah. here and there in the forest, especially because, yeah. you know, it's starting to fade out a little bit. But, like, when we started, you were still kind of encouraged not to get a – you know, not to try to make this a career because there wasn't that many positions. You know, being a career person in the forest yeah. service was super hard. So, which is wild. It's wild. I remember That's even so just different. getting a job. Yeah, like the only reason I got a job so easy out of high school is because my uncle was, um, he's a career firefighter. Yeah. And he put a, a good word in, and that's how I got it. Because I remember back then it was competitive. So hard, yeah, just for a seasonal. Yeah. Uh, same with me, man. Like I didn't, I didn't, even, wasn't able to get in after high school because I only had one position open because I had no turnover. And then, yeah, the next year I think it was the same deal, you know. And then, uh, so like three years after I graduated, I finally got a position, and I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And then, just like you said, one of my really good buddies was working. Well, a couple of really good buddies were working for the Forest Service, and I knew the uh, the AFMO at the time, and just kind of got the invite. But if I didn't know anybody, you know, like I probably wouldn't even got on the Forest Service. You yeah. Know? So. That's crazy. Like, and and back then, like we were saying, like no one really pushed you career-wise. So if you had other stuff to pursue, man, they'd usually pr- be pretty happy and support you, you know. Uh-huh. But also, it was such a good gig because 
you work like I think my first season like two and a half months. <laughs> you know, like I got hired yeah. in June, went to school at the end end of August or you know sometime in August and yeah, you know then. But and then it was no big deal. Like I just gave you like two and a half months, and you know, like other places they'd be kind of mad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It was they were very aware of the student cycle where I started out. Yeah, it's, it was. And yeah, it's, it's so nice. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> it worked perfectly. And then I didn't have to get a job during school. I was, you know, I didn't break a hundred hours of overtime, but I still made more money than I had up until that point. So yeah, yeah, same I was man. In college, and I was booling, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, same dude. I, uh, you know, with track, they gave me a tuition waiver, and then I had um, just some grants, you know. So yeah, that that helped me float me through, and yeah. I took a few loans just kind of keep ends meeting, but it definitely helped, you know. And, um, so then you had five seasons, and then. You made the move up to Willow um, after that, huh? Well, actually, so I actually, after five seasons, I moved to Colorado to join a band. Oh, yeah. And I took one season off. I took 2019 season off because um, I joined a band that we were all serious and we all were, um, like, really putting a lot of effort into this band. We were touring nationally. We had booking agent managers and all that. Oh, dude. We were playing festivals. And um, we were on the track to, like, we want to do this. We want to do this as a career. We want to yeah. build this out. And that's kind of ultimately my end goal still. was to do that. Oh, is it, it still? It's, it's, it's morphed. Morphed. Okay. So 2019 was going real hard. 2020 was set up to be pretty sweet. Yeah. We had some really, really epic shows booked and really epic festivals that were booked. Yeah. And then COVID canceled everything. Damn it. And uh, I was scrambling because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. I'm broke. Yeah. Living in Colorado and everything's expensive. Yeah, dude. And, um, so I was like, uh, I started hitting up all my old contacts, my old fire contacts. And I was actually, I was like, I'll fight fire. I, yeah. I would rather be in a lookout, but I'll fight fire. So I called up, I called up Griff at um, Darby Sula. Yeah. To see if Sula Peak or TP Point was open. None of those were open. Called up Nine Mile and talked to Suko because he was at Nine Mile at the time. Oh, yeah. And he was like, yeah, give Benji a call. And so I hit up Benji. And um, so they were supposed to have someone from Scotland in Willow Mountain. Oh, really? During the summer. Like some, some random exchange thing. They were going to staff it with yeah. someone from Scotland. But COVID prevented anyone from... You know, like borders were shut down. Yeah. And so Warren and Benji were like, well, come work on the fire crew. And when the lookout opens up, we'll put you in the lookout. Heck yeah. So it worked out perfectly. So I got back into a lookout. Yeah. And um, that was a sweet season because I got to fight some fire again. Yeah. Because when, when I was at Sula Peak, I didn't fight fire. I was just a lookout. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Didn't work on the shoulder seasons. But I came up, worked early in the season, ended up going to Arizona. And then when the lookout opened up, it came up. And um, when I got up, like that first week, I was like, this is it. This I don't want to give this up again. Yeah. I love the lookout. Oh, dude, it's so awesome up here. And, like, I mean, I really like Sula, too. But Willow, I don't know. It's something different about it up here, man. Like, I like this lookout way more. Yeah, me too, man. It's way more my style. Yeah, same. It's uh, It's got more of the Forest Service-like vibe to it, you know, it's just like yeah. – the the building is the more traditional yeah. lookout style L four where they are right yeah and then I don't know man it's the, the surrounding area is like pretty epic I think it's because like you're up high enough to where you get a really good view of the whole Bitterroot Valley yeah. you know and 
talked back here in the sapphires. Yeah. And there's something else, man. There's something else that like a an intangible that I can't put my finger on, but it's yeah some different kind of aura or draw here, man. That like it's I like it because it's older. It's more of the old school style. Sula Peak is you know it's like a condo. Yeah. Which is amazing. That was a, a great lookout to start at. It had electricity. Yeah. Amazing cell service. Big old windows. Big windows. Yeah. It was epic. And um, I liked it a lot. But this one is quieter. Uh, fewer visitors, which I prefer fewer visitors. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> did you hear anything? No, no. Yeah. I was just like checking, checking oh. the view real quick. But and I was thinking about the fewer, fewer visitors, man. Like it's. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird com- comment to say, but like it, it, uh, it totally makes sense to me because, you know, lookouts are supposed to be kind of remote and kind of almost like difficult to get to. So yeah. like when that one's just off the road and people are just like popping in all the time, you know. Oh yeah, everyone with a four wheeler comes up and everyone's asking the same questions, which is, I met a lot of cool people, but a lot of the times I got annoying. Yeah. And a lot of people just sneak up on you. Yeah. And walk up onto the catwalk and, you know, like. Like they own the place. Yeah. It's just really unnerving and. Yeah. Um, like you're just part of the scenery and they're like. Yeah, exactly. Know, oh, what's this? Like, oh, get off my holiday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you just people walking up to the catwalk without permission and. Yeah. Which um, after a while, gets a little annoying. I bet, man. I could definitely see that. But here it's, like a fraction of the visitors. Yeah. And it's quieter, and then there's a, a wood burning stove which i love that is awesome and then i mean i get cell service i get solar power i still got all the same everything i need yeah yeah man all the yeah and it, like all the all the creature comforts you can you can need and want and like the wood burning stove super nice and cold nights like this and yeah um it gives you more of that cabiny feel like you know like forest service to me you know like should yeah. be i guess exactly that's awesome man and it's it's wild because me and you kind of had similar timelines because 2019 I took that season off too, and I was kind of thinking about coming back, but I was kind of thinking about just like ending it with the Forest Service and yeah. and uh, you know looking for something else. I went back to school, and you know trying to get in the the physical therapy program in in Missoula and had all my prereqs and just had to take the GRE and finish up, finish up some observation hours and then uh, right after I finished up um, intro. I think it was like intro to OCHEM or something. Like I just retook it because I needed one extra class to have a full load, and uh, which was good because I was able to get a way better grade because I actually was serious about it. And uh, but like halfway th- or not even halfway, right before that class started, we all went online, you know, like uh, because of COVID, you know. Uh-huh. And then uh, so that happened. So I was like, oh well, I guess we'll see what happens. And then all the clinics shut down. I was trying to do like a physical therapy aid, you know, like yeah. basically you just kind of clean stuff and, and get to hang around and kind of see how the operation goes yeah. in the day to day. It doesn't pay a ton, but it pays a little bit. And that yeah, was get, gets you in. Yeah. And gets you in. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I guess he was a local clinic. And so I was starting to make some phone calls on that deal and then all that shut down. And luckily I was able to get back in the COVID hire and, and, uh, and then I met you, man, that kind of got wheels in motion. It's weird how like life goes like that. Like, you know, like, yeah, you get a chain of phone calls you make, you know, to get you to Benji, to get you, you know, with Warren too, and then get this, you know? Yeah. And just like, cause of COVID, the person couldn't be here. So I was here. Yeah. And, um, I think they like me. I'm, you know, I got the experience. Absolutely. So man. like I'm, a, I'm a, an effective lookout. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It is wild. It's wild. And having an effective work lookout is is so big, man. Like, um, you know, a lot of for, you know 
Yeah, th- I'd say I guess a lot of forests don't have lookouts or they don't use them anymore, and it's yeah. kind of a shame. Yeah, because I, I think so too. Haven't because like you know you send the fire crew out to get on a high point, you know, at some point in the day you should heat the day and kind of look around, and you're uh-huh. only really able to cover a small section. You know, you cover and yeah. you're not even out there for that long. You know, or you know if you're living up here in the woods like you are, you like like I think that one time didn't you see like the strike hit and then you're able to just like keep you know monitoring it and all of a sudden it like oh, yeah. a little smoke came up at Sula Peak I saw I saw lightning strike to tree blow up in a fireball oh really Jeez. yeah it was like a mile almost, away almost been wild to see it was crazy yeah <laughs> dang but yeah like stuff like that man because you're there you're out there in the woods to, to monitor yeah. it and and I was even thinking like in a safety standpoint like if somehow I couldn't get a hold of a repeater and I was like down in a hole you know I could hit you up and be like hey man like yeah. you know medical or flat tire whatever it might be you know like uh-huh. and be able to have someone out in the woods with you all the time it, it's reassuring to me you know yeah yeah there's someone up there all the time if you need um someone to t- to just communicate with get a hold of people yeah i always have the radio on even at night yeah and um a lot of it what i've realized too is um disconfirming that's the word if yeah like because the public calls in a lot of stuff that isn't fires yep and uh, i'll get a lot of calls like are you seeing this are you seeing this i'm like no that's a water dog or no that's that's the sun <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, the angle with the smoke and whatever yep. or like that's the moon that's y- not a fire yeah the moon one was weird man uh-huh. yeah and i i dude i had eyes on that moon like probably about the same time i got called in and uh-huh. like it was orangey but from my angle it it looked like the moon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I get it. Public me, gets antsy during fire season. They don't want me too, man. the forest to burn down. Yeah, especially after the you know, 2,000 fires in Lolo Peak. So, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think we, we talked about this before. Like, I'd rather have them calling everything than nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So, like, yeah, call the lookout. What are you seeing? Yeah, exactly. So then we can, you know, we can, like, yeah. at least, you know, check it before. Hopefully it gets big, yeah. you know. So it, it really helps that we do have such an active public in this in this valley, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, some of you are just like, man. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a different angle here. Like, last year there was a, when I was in dispatch, they called in uh, a flurry of smoke on St. Mary's. And I was like, in my head, I'm picturing, like, what looks on top of St. Mary's. I'm like, if the lookout's not on fire, I don't know what's burning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, because it's all rock up there. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm going to drive home, and I called Suko, and he's like, you know, I don't see anything. I'm going to drive home looking up there, and I can kind of see the clouds. And I'm like, well, you know, they're kind of fingery, you know, like kind of wispy clouds. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe, you know, when that cloud bank was just first hitting the peak, you know, maybe that she you know, that person calling him in could probably maybe see that just a little bit of wisps and was like, yeah. oh no, you know, and like we were talking, you know, just having the kind of PTSD from the valley being on fire so many times, you know, yeah. like wanting to get people on it and I, I get it, man. I'm, yeah, and people like to be first, you know, they like to be, oh yeah, I, I saw it first. Yeah, definitely, man, being in the coffee shop in the morning, just like, you know, I called that, oh, one, I in. that one in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Little bragging rights in the valley, you know. Exactly. Yeah, man. But the bitteru is uh, uses lookouts very effectively. Yeah. The, bitteru, the the lookouts around here and over on the the clear water and just like Western Montana lookouts are are pretty badass. Yeah, I think so yeah. too, man. Like I, I've been in a few spots where you know, like the Southwest or California, where there's a lot of lookouts, but you don't really hear them coordinating as much and and uh, like. You know, with the the Deer Mountain one this year, when you got your cords and then you you double check with Ellie, and uh, on what she was seeing, and we're able to really narrow that one in, man. Like that's huge. Yeah, it's it's awesome. We got a we got multiple crosses this season. It was oh, sweet. Really? It was like that's cool, was like man. Some old school 
lookout stuff. Yeah, man. Like back in the day. Oh, it's so cool, man. And then uh, I guess I wanted to, to clarify the water dog real quick. And, and um, for folks that don't know, water dog is kind of, it typically is like steam or, you know, it could even be like a low lying cloud sometimes. That's just like leftover piece of a cloud that didn't quite make it over the mountain or, or even like some fog from the morning, you know, and it, it can kind of dance a little bit on you and, and be a little deceiving. So having the benefit of a lookout like Tanner, who can spend a little time and, and watch it and see like usually that it's not connected to anything being up yeah. high you can see yeah. that but down low it looks like it could be sitting on a tree you know yeah and a lot of the times look uh, water dogs come about after a storm where there's a lot of lightning yeah so people are looking you know yeah. and it's usually there's like a little bit of rain so there's a lot of water dogs and people are thinking that there's smoke because the, the water dogs kind of track with the storm yeah yep absolutely man and and can be a little deceiving yeah so a few of those get called in and yeah yeah we all call them i've called in a water dog before yeah first season i I bet man i could see it dude like you know now you know being patient but you know i was just working with a with the fellow the other day and he was like and he's been in fire probably really close about as long as we have but he hasn't fought fire much up here so he's like staring at this hillside and and I didn't think we had any lightning, so I was pretty confident it wasn't. And then after like a couple minutes and, and just having the experience of, of working here in, in Region 1 for a long time, i pretty good at like, you know, knowing the difference and just, you know, having the time, I guess, <laughs> staring at water dogs. Yeah. So, you know, I was able to confirm it, it wasn't a wasn't a smoke or a fire, you know. Yeah. But I couldn't, like, and that's, I guess that's just the proof that, you know, like that, that fellow had been in fire or has been in fire for quite a while and but just different area of the world and, you know. It was starting to trick him a little bit, too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I was hoping to get about an hour in on the roof <laughs> and then thaw out and then yeah. go, down, go downstairs and kind of finish up. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of have to go back a minute. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of pee break and, yeah, warm up and relocate. And relocate, yeah. Well, uh, that's a wrap on this one. I'm not sure I'm going to break them up into two different episodes or just one. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe keep up. just like a quick cut. Yeah. Do this, and then just like a. Now yeah. we're in the tower. Now we're in the tower. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Those will be just like yeah, one big episode. So, uh-huh. on the roof, and uh, we'll catch you guys back on the inside. Yes. Alrighty, we are back on. Check everything. Looks like we're running live, recording, recording, and uh, we changed locations from the roof because I was freezing my buns off, and uh, it's also very dark. <laughs> yeah, very dark. Couldn't couldn't quite see us anymore. Yeah, we'll see how how usable that video is. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh man, is that the way it's supposed to go? Like upside down like that? Totally can. Oh, I don't yeah. I like it. I don't like it. It's it's moving a little bit. Yeah, this thing's gonna walk on me. Um, but one thing we were talking about as we're setting up is like just the uh, you know how special like a lookout in general at all lookouts are and just like this place like kind of the members that we have just from like. A healing standpoint, and uh, what else were we talking about there? Um, I guess uh, something that you know, a lot of lookouts are drawn to to a lookout. It is works for some people; it doesn't work for other people. Yeah, good for point. Some people, it really works out for a lot of the same reasons. You know. Um, you talk to any lookout who's, who's been doing it for a long time and a lot of the times they'll say um, the same thing draws them in. Yeah. Which... Uh, Getting away. 
Yeah. For me, I would say that being here is, um, it's just a really, it's a nice reset every year. Um, it's a very powerful perspective shift. Yeah. I would say, you know, you can get so caught up in the, the race in society and, um, some things become so important or like you, you worry about things and trivial things tend to weigh on your mind a lot. And when, but then when you come up to the tower, a lot of that stuff kind of dissolves. A lot of it fades away and you have this like this zoomed back perspective, like literally and metaphorically. Yeah. That's something I notice a lot, like, cause I can see the highway. I can see highway 93 from the tower and I look down. Sometimes I, I think about, how zoomed in people can can become yeah people who go to maybe you're you're working on a computer all day and like every your whole life is just like so f- hyper focused on this little thing when you're in the lookout it's your perspective expands yeah it becomes much more there's like an expansion to it all you just realize that oh i'm just another um another thing existing on this planet you know like yeah. there's not much difference between Myself and the birds flying around and, and the deer that walk through. We're all kind of just like living the same cycle. Yeah. You just wake up and you want to eat and, um, you know, just kind of like simplifies things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like puts things in perspective, you know, it gives you the... Because that's where we're like kind of... Um, uh, like what am I talking about? Like we're I was comparing it to I guess is the word I'm looking for comparing it to like how people talk about being near the ocean you know like this mm-hmm. vast you know ocean and yes you, know, you kind of get the the smaller nature of your of yourself you yeah know, humbling I guess in a way humbling one hundred percent yeah and kind of the similar experience of like being out here like you know where that one dot of light in the sapphires as far as you can really see you know so like just us right now in this tower you know yeah you're just a little blip on the mountain yeah you know, you, like you when you when a storm rolls through and you see that the power that a storm um it's you like you see the lightning and you yeah. see the massive clouds roll through and yeah. you just realize you become aware that you're just you're very small yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah exactly big old powerful storm runs through and yeah you just kind of see that like you know the full force of something and you're just in this box on top of a hill <laughs> you know on top of a mountain yeah. like, okay yeah, I man, I always wanted to be in in a tower when that was going on. Like I've only spent the night in one tower down in Medicine Point there, and uh-huh. which was super cool. And it was uh, I mean, it was uh, it had to be like right on full moon night and uh-huh. whew, no sleeping. It was you know, like, <laughs> yeah. just like daylight in there. It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, tonight I'm gonna have to put on a sleep mask because tomorrow's the full moon. Oh yeah, and um, it's it's a night light. It's crazy. Yeah, very it is. very bright. Yeah. And I imagine like the way the camera's picking it up, just like how dark it is outside. It you know you can't really tell because you don't have good perspective just because the lights in here reflecting. But you know like it, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy like how bright it uh-huh. is right now. Yeah, and typically I don't even have the lights on. I'm really, um, I go with the cycles of the the light. You know, I wake up when Dude. the it starts to glow out there and the temperature rises a little bit, and I naturally wake up. When the sun goes down, I naturally get tired. Yeah. And um, I usually don't turn the lights on. I'm usually going to bed. That's awesome. Oh, that's like kind of winding it down. 
part of the healing nature of being here, just being like more with the natural earth cycle, like you said, of yeah. with the natural light cycle, because that's kind of what you know, the humans and all animals kind of respond to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a, a lookout up in Glacier. His name's Leaf. Um, he's been a lookout up there for a long time. He's kind of in the somewhat of a lookout celebrity, I guess it would be. Oh, really? He's just had like, there's some YouTube videos, some, some, uh, whatever it's called when they go up and they kind of make a little short video about him. But he mentions the synchronicity. That's what you really start to become attuned to as a lookout. Yeah. I like the word there too. Yeah. Synchronicity. Yeah. You just like the natural cycles of things. Yeah. You know, I get up here. And the wildflowers are popping off, you know, the lupine, the, the paintbrush, yeah. um, the balsam root. It's all it's very colorful and nice. And then come August, everything kind of starts to die off. Yeah. But then like right, right about now, the nine bark is starting to get really red and beautiful. And yeah. the larch are starting to change. And uh, I watched the pine cones on the subalpine pop up and then they start to balloon out. And now the now they're like starting to shed and oh cool and then this year the bear grass was crazy it was dude yeah or if that's like all the moisture you think i've i tried uh picking the brains of a like a, a botanist or someone who works with with flowers yeah with the feds yeah yeah and i think it's i think it's a moisture thing and sometimes it just pops off oh some, gotcha. some bear grass years are crazy yeah because you know? Yeah, because I'd heard it was like cyclic and then, yeah. uh, but I didn't know like how many years or, you know, conditions and yeah. it had been a while. And like, I mean, uh-huh. there was some landscapes down by um, Sula out past, uh, you know, um, Hilltop Lookout where that old lookout is. Uh-huh. And I mean, that just the whole hillside that is just grass normally, it was just like bear grass and yeah, yeah epic. I just took a, a bunch of photos and yeah, the photos never do it justice. No. And just a sea of bear grass that you didn't usually get to see. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Bogan actually was talking about. It. He's like, "Yeah, take a drive up that way, you know, all the wildflowers and like like the wildflowers you just listed off, like the lupin and um and paintbrush and all that was just all mixed in there too. So uh-huh. just man, something that's you know you can't really capture, you know. Yeah, it's epic. And then you you become attuned to that. You know, I know that when I'm coming up here, I know when the the valley is going to pop off around um, June. Yeah, and then uh, up here at, we're at eight thousand two hundred feet. It's when they start to die down low. I know that oh, I'll, I'll get some wildflowers well into into July up here. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's it's awesome. sweet. So like, it kind of like it's a, about a month behind oh, up really? here. That's cool, man. Yeah, a month behind and a month ahead. You know? Oh like yeah, because winter comes, winter and fall comes faster, and then the summer comes a little bit later. Oh yeah, God, yeah, that makes sense, man. It'd be kind of weird, like something starts to change up here, and like all down the valley are just like still like hitting the summer temperatures, and you're probably gonna look cooler temperatures at night, you know? Yeah, yeah. My first season, it snowed up here in August. Oh, really? Yeah, like August 29th, I got two or three inches of snow. Jeez, that's a bit of snow. That's not like yeah. just a dusting. Yeah, you know? exactly. It wow. melted quickly, but it's still it's like that's impressive. Yeah, it's like that. The fall, um, it just I I know when it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it rears its head up here a little bit quicker. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, you probably get a little bit longer fall then. You know, you get like the early fall here, and then about that time, you're probably getting out of here usually, uh-huh. right? And then get down into 
enjoy some more fall down the in the yeah. low land, you know. Yeah, it's nice and I get a little extra warmth. Yeah. yeah that's a good call. And Missoula seems to stay a little bit warmer, a little longer and uh uh-huh. pretty cool fall down that way, man. But then I was going to ask you, uh, we, we kind of touched on it, and uh, I'm glad I didn't derail you because I almost did it on accident when you were talking about your your music uh, career and aspirations. And uh, you know, at the time, you were just talking more of like what you were doing at the time when you first became a lookout. But then um, at present, like what are you kind of feeling like music career-wise? Or? Yeah, well, like initially I became a lookout because I wanted to be a full-time musician. That's That was the goal. Yeah. Just to play in the band and get good enough to where we could start touring and that's that's all we're doing is we're touring and recording music and and doing music as much as I possibly can. And yeah. summers actually that's where a lot of musicians make most of their money is in the summer during that's oh, festival, festival season. Yeah, I was gonna ask, yeah. And uh you're really going hard in the summertime. Yeah. And so Twenty nineteen was when I was like, Okay, this is the jump, this is the leap, I'm going for it, I'm yep. doing it. And then it got derailed with COVID. But then it, it was a big per- perspective shift. One realizing that music can be taken away yeah. quickly. Yeah. It was a week, you know. Every musician was you had this your career and I mean, I wasn't a full-time musician. I wasn't making all my money being a musician at the time, but I was close to a lot of people that were. Yeah. And, the, you know, your livelihood's taken away in a week. Yeah, man. And I feel like, like overnight, huh? It just, like, yeah. There's, you just get shut down, you know? Like, you're the first to go and the last to come back. Yeah. You know, non-essential. Yep. Which is weird. It's really weird because, like, <laughs> music is, at least to me, like, music is so much health, you know? like Oh, yeah. Th- they talk about, you know, using, like, Beethoven and... and um, I wish I remember some more names. I keep throwing up Beethoven. Uh, Chopin, is that? Oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of the same genre? Yeah. yeah. Like, that music being so good for brain stimulation. Uh-huh. Like, when I was in sixth grade, I had a pretty awesome teacher, and she, her name was Miss, Miss Croja, and she would let us listen to music, but we had to, like, first listen to, uh, I, don't, I don't know what her time frame was, but uh, her, like, Beethoven and that style of music and Chopin and for, I don't know, a couple of weeks or whatever and show, I guess we could focus on and listen to music in the background. And then she let us listen to whatever we want to listen to. Uh-huh. But, you know, we had to keep our output. And I think it really helped, like, kind of keep focus and, you know, brain stimulation going, especially with me being younger and, like, an ADD kid. Uh-huh. You know, like, just having a little extra stimulation and, and you know, background noise to help focus. And yeah, it's complex music. Yeah, that's probably why it's so brain healthy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, if you can show, uh, if you, like... If you uh, play music like that to your daughter at this age, it like it just opens up so many um, pathways of of music. <laughs> yeah. know, uh, there's a kind of like lights up different little parts of the brain, probably. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you like you associate different emotions and different situations with this complex music. And oh. It's, um, yeah, because the music's telling a story most of the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if you show them a bunch of widely varying music, and they it just opens up their brain. Yeah. From <laughs> from what I've heard, I yeah. guess I don't know the science behind it, but I don't, yeah, I don't either. I've heard the same thing though. You know, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. You know, especially like you said, because of the complexity and the uh-huh. the the highs and lows of the music, and yeah, y- and you know, little brains probably processing that, and uh-huh. and uh, you know, different noises than they're used to. I mean, in the womb and everything, they hear our voices, and then. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then they come in the world, hear more of our voices than yeah. We try to, I think we try to play some music. I don't know if we did as much classical as um, we probably should have, but 
I don't, my, my wife, yeah. my wife, Autumn, hold, she'll turn on a lot of times to help her focus during um, uh-huh. when she's doing paperwork for work. So maybe a little bit more, but yeah, that was that was part of the the plan for us. You know, it was like yeah, more of the classical music, and I got to get back to it because I've been mostly doing like Billy Strings lately. <laughs> so oh, that's that's very complex music, dude. Oh that's really? A, yeah, I, I love Billy Strings, but uh, yeah, he's awesome. Um, I think it's is is much differing music you should play her billy strings you should play some jazz some classical some oh, jazz be good yeah some uh whatever some in in sync some backstreet yeah, boys she, whatever all yeah. of it she gets that because she gets in a little jumper and we throw that at, yeah. on there and she starts jumping to like in sync and like kesha and pop and uh-huh. pop music you exactly. know <laughs> yeah. all, none of it's bad none of it is bad that's a good call man good. probably have some awesome rhythm because of it you know like, exactly yeah yeah, yeah, that's a good call. So, you're you're at your at your music career right now. You're doing the streaming. You got some live shows. Are you still pursuing that kind of as a lifestyle? Or yes, one hundred percent. It's definitely a. I have uh, I've shifted it. I'm not as like. I need to make all my money playing music. That's not my perspective and my goal anymore. Yeah. I basically just I want to play music. I want to keep doing it forever. Yeah, that's man. the goal. Number one is number one goal. Always do it. Always yeah. play. And ideally at a high level, you know, I've already yeah. reached to a point where I'm playing at a a good level, and I play with my friends who are all amazing musicians who are dedicated. And um, yeah, I've I've let go of this idea of I need to be a professional musician, and that's it. Yeah. Like that m- professional musician or die, you know, that kind of attitude, right? Exactly. Like if I'm not doing this, then I I haven't done it. Like the idea of making it, it's this, this weird thing. Yeah. Where uh, now I just like play music. That's the goal. Yeah. And um, I think it's a better way to approach, man. I mean, I think yeah. there's sometimes where it's like you got to grind and I think it's more like in your practice and stuff. But then like it's almost like you're putting it out there and, and let things kind of it's like planting a seed, right? You can't make it grow, you know, like you. You put your time in, you, you know, you cultivate the soil. This is going to get weird because I don't know enough about yeah. this to explain it, but, you know, I in my brain. Yeah, it seems to be all right, right? And like plant the seed, the seed, you know, takes, it grows and becomes uh, hopefully, you know, flower or tree or whatever you, you're looking for. But it yeah. all takes time as well. And then, yeah. you know, nurturing that and like, you know, but also not over, you know, you overwater it, kill it, you know, all that good stuff. So if like uh-huh. you, you kind of like do it follow his passion and yeah let it bloom and yeah fall in love with the process yeah totally and not so much the it always used to be like the outcome like i want to play red rocks i want to play the gorge i want to do all these things i want to tour the world which still want to do all that stuff yeah but it's it's not like the goal it's like once i do that then i've made it yeah the the focus now is just loving loving it every step of the way yeah you know because it's like music it's just like every musician has you're playing these crazy shows and it's awesome and there's a lot of people but then you're playing in a basement or a bar to like 10 people which i like both yeah i like both a lot i bet man yeah because bar and basement you know a little more personal and then yeah big venues like a whole different energy i bet yes Cause like I've heard and tell me if it's, this is the case is like when you're in a big venue, there's so much energy in that room from all the people. Like it just gets like poured onto the stage to like you as a performer is what I've heard. Yes. That's going to be unreal. Like not everybody gets to experience that, right? No, I don't think so. Like I've never Performing experienced it to a lot of people. 
Yeah, and at a higher level where it's, you know, you can see what you're doing is affecting them, you know, like uh-huh. usually like their happiness and their energy level, you know, like as you're playing or, you know, get more into it or, you know, whatever the piece of music may be inspiring, you know, uh-huh. which is going to be crazy. Like it's, feeling. Yeah, it's, re- it's really addicting. <laughs> I bet, man. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip for sure. Yeah, man. And, and just kind of seeing a little bit like clips of like what you've done and stuff and now that, you know, things are starting to get back to normal. I'm hoping to see you live a few times, but um, I got to... I think it was during COVID the, when I first saw Billy Strings. I'd kind of heard him a little bit, but wasn't that into it. And then, like, right place, right time. Kind of like, you know, me and you meeting and, and talking about podcast stuff during COVID. You know, right place, right time. Just bloomed there. But, like, COVID, sitting on the couch on the weekend. Turn, you know, me and my wife are nerds. We watch, like, PBS. And uh, it was uh, Austin C. Limits concert. And it was uh-huh. Billy Strings. And had a really awesome accompaniment. accompaniment? Am I saying that right? Uh, I think it was a, a company. Maybe what? What was he doing? What like it, he had a bunch of other people with him playing accompaniment. accompaniment. Was it just? Was it his band? Just like a yeah, it was like guitar, a banjo, bass, and mandolin. Mandolin. Yep. Yep. That was the yeah. Uh-huh. And, and uh, man, like I had just seen more of like his, you know, like dust in a baggie when he was like a kid doing yeah, that song. Yeah, that living room on the yeah. YouTube show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. So I'd seen that a long time ago, and then. Um, maybe heard some other stuff, just kind of more like background music in places and be like, Oh, sounds good. Uh-huh. But then like seeing that and like where they're doing a little bit more jam band kind yeah. of stuff, you know, like, um, it seemed like everyone kind of their time to kind of like shine every, you know, per instrument in that group. Like, uh, the mandolin guy, I've never seen anyone just like wail on a mandolin like that. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, that band is, is amazing. Yeah. He was ripping the strings and uh-huh. like to hear mandolin get played like that was like first time for me. So I was like in awe. And then banjo guy was shredding too, you uh-huh. know, and, and you said the, what was the other, there's a band uh, bass bass. That's what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. And the, the bass player just yeah. going at it, man. And everyone's like pouring sweat and getting into it. And like, and like you, what you were talking about with like the people you're playing with now being at such a high level and like being able to get into it. I imagine that kind of like helps everybody you know play a little harder and play a little better you know yeah you get the more the higher the skill level the more fun it is like the more you're inspired to to work on it yourself it's always it's like anything you know you want to be with you want to play with people who are pushing you yeah man and they bring out the best in you and you bring out the best in them if, Uh if you're at that higher level yeah and it's usually just all good vibes man like there's not you don't really get any negative out of that group you know yeah, that's the th- once you start to get get like uh, better and you get to a, a higher level of musicianship and start playing with people who are who have been doing it forever, like kind of that the ego starts to go away. Yeah, ego. you know, it's it's a lot like fire. You yeah. know, like your first season, your second season, you always what's that like that saying like the second year rookie or whatever. Snooky. The the snooky. Snooky. Yes. Yeah. Which I mean, I think we all kind of have a little bit of that. Your oh, second absolutely. season, like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. I know what yeah. I'm doing. I've s- I've been on a fire. Yeah. But then you start to get your year three, four, five, six, and then you start to realize, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of layers to this thing. Yeah. 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 And, and then the, the ego starts to dissolve and, and, um, yeah. And then you don't like have yeah. anything to really prove, you know, like, yeah. And you know, like at the level you're at with a musician and in fire, like, it's like, I don't have to tell you how much fire I've fought and how yeah. long I've been doing this because, it's it doesn't matter to anyone else, right? Yeah. 
Like, it doesn't matter. Everyone else has a lot of experience as well. Yep. No one cares. No one cares. That's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like uh, Cam Haynes, that uh, kind of famous bow hunter. He's, yep. he's got a shirt that says, nobody cares, work harder. And it was like, <laughs> the, one of the best things I ever heard. That's I was great. like, man, that, yeah. And that applies to like every aspect, you know, Everything. every like field. Yeah. Because yeah. you always get those people just like beating their chest over something they, they did in like in high school or something. And you're like, uh-huh. nobody cares, man. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it was years ago or what it even if it was yesterday, it doesn't really matter. You know, just other people, I guess, you know? Yeah. Just keep grinding, and then that's, like, the fruits of your labor, too. I don't know why uh, I keep going to, like, plant rep- references, but <laughs> it seems it's, to apply. It's, it's, that's exactly how it is, though, you know? Like, you just, like, you got to plant the tree and tend to it. Yeah, tend to it. And be patient and, yep. and just let it, let it grow. Yeah. You know, you, there's nothing you can do to make it grow faster. Yep. You just have to just fall in love with watching it grow and tending to it and doing everything you can to prove like give it the ideal environment for growth yeah well put man that's really good yeah because me and you were talking about on the, uh, on the roof when we were taken down about like just the time it takes to get rolling i mean like i think you mentioned it on the first uh, half of this podcast about um just getting your your stuff together and kind of figuring out like where you're going to take the music thing right like when you first got the lookout uh-huh. And then you know, being inspired by um, that fellow in the was it the Bob Marshall? Was that? Uh, Clearwater. Oh, Clearwater. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Getting, I was getting Leaf and Leaf and the other guy uh-huh. mixed up. Um, and then like kind of same with me, like you know, like the seed got planted here with me and you on the porch right behind me. And then uh, so I had the idea, but I didn't know how to implement. And then you know, there's all that like getting it figured out. And yeah. And then two years later, me and you are sitting here. You know, I'm doing got, it. Doing it. Yeah, I got equipment uh-huh. and and uh, yeah, so. I mean, just, just that long to even like get back full circle on this and then figuring out the other part of it, you know, and just like with you and, and getting, uh, letting it kind of grow and, and just staying on it. And yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, see where like this thing goes from here and excited to see where music exactly. goes from here. But the important thing is already done. You've already, you started it. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And the fact that you keep doing it, that's the most important thing. With anything, yeah. and I encourage anyone, whatever it is that you're trying to do, just start. Yeah, just start and and do it. Yeah, and don't worry about what you want it to be, or like these these grandiose things, which are it's great to have those goals and to and to think about them. And yeah, I think it's I don't think you should ever dream small. No, but um. Just having the patience with the with those dreams, right? Yeah, and the the beauty is in the work and and doing it and falling in love with the process. Yeah, even when you do get to that that epic high level that everyone dreams of of whatever they're trying to do, nothing's different. Yeah, it's all it's all it's still the same process. You're still doing the same thing. Yeah, you're just uh, doing it on a a larger scale. Yeah, eventually, ideally, you know, if you if you keep keep doing it which i i think that if you keep doing something long enough and work on it it will inevitably get to the where it exists in your mind you know like that idea of what you what you think it it's going to be or what you want it to be it's it's inevitable if you keep doing it yep. that will happen yeah like manifests itself yes kind of even though you're putting the work but it just kind of comes to fruition exactly like, yeah like uh, you know like the me and you were talking like I remember like we were just kind of spitballing like after the idea of like me doing the podcast I was like man I need 
I want to be able to be mobile, you know, so the equipment had to be mobile. And I remember thinking, uh-huh. like, I want to, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, because then I was like, oh, no, where am I going to do it at? Because, like, that was another thing. I was just having a studio, and I was like, I need, like, a mobile studio. And then my family Airstream sit in the field for 20 years. Yeah. I'm like, Man, that'll, that'll work out. But I didn't know if I'd be able to, like, get it, you know, if, if my folks want to let it go. Uh-huh. And, and then that worked out. And, like, it wouldn't have worked out if I didn't ask. And then my dad helped me put a bunch of work in there to get it back, yeah. like, ready to roll and then now it's at my house and i got two podcasts you know out of it already and yeah uh, soon to be more you know and i'm making yeah. improvements on that and like that felt like light years away you know like yeah when we first were talking it was like an idea but it wasn't uh-huh. like didn't think it was gonna happen and now it's there and yeah and like and i want to touch on a point that you said too about like just doing it you know like um i probably sat in the podcast the original podcast we did and i guess that I, I didn't mention that in the beginning of this podcast so my very first podcast that I have listed as the pilot episode because it was kind of uh, all over the place, you know, because mostly talking about ideas for the podcast, not really podcasting so much in that episode, yeah. you know, like I interviewed uh-huh. Doug a little bit, but we, the three of us talked and just kind of, you know, just th- kicked around the idea of this. Yeah. And um, so I sat on that for like a year before I did anything with it. And you edited it beautiful, by the way, like. I wish I had, I could like have released the original and then what you edited because it was like really all over the place, I think. And then you, you made it flow into like one nice conversation of like ideas and, and interview, you know, and which I appreciate that a lot, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. And, uh, so, but like having the nerves of getting that out there, right? Oh, it's on YouTube. The whole uh-huh. world's going to see. And then I heard a podcast, uh, when I was driving to Alabama with my brother and, um, not a real huge fan of the host, but, uh, him and his guest had some really good little nuggets though. And then one was like, uh, the nerves of, of doing something new and especially something public like music and podcasting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the nerves relating to like, the reality is it's no one's going to listen because no one knows you yet. So like just put it out there and it might suck and it probably is going to suck, but yeah. the only way to get better is to do it. Exactly. So just put it out there. And like that really helped me to be like, all right, yeah, I should just do it. And then, and then keep doing it. And I, you know, the, yeah, I just I don't know. You always worry you're gonna sound dumb. You're always worry you're uh, gonna say something that you can't take back, and it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like ideas right now, and you know, I realize as a humans we're free to change our minds. Like I I could think one thing right now and be pretty firm on it, and then I get some more information between now and the next time I see you, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I was not right about that at all. You uh-huh. know, like that was not not correct. What I, where my brain was going on that, you know? Yeah, and that I th- takes a lot of. Uh self-awareness and courage to to like admit that yeah. you know i wish more people were like that that i feel like any more people double down so much yeah like they know they're wrong but they're gonna because they said this one thing they're just gonna keep saying it yeah yeah keep going it, out the ship yeah just like it's okay you can change your mind yeah. you're allowed to change your mind yeah exactly you, man you're you're a human you can change your mind yeah and and i think you, i think yeah. Go ahead. You have permission to change your mind. Yeah. I think people need to be reminded of that. You know, like, you know, a few podcasts that we listen to, like, you know, like Rogan talks about a lot when like people call him out for something. He's like, you know, especially like on some of the more like party podcasts, he's like, I don't know, you know, I could be drunk or high saying that, you know, like, yeah, spitballing. Spitballing. Yeah. Like throwing ideas out there. Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. Having just fun. Happen to have it recorded. Yeah, exactly. And then, so you like later on, you, you know, like someone calls you out and like, oh, dude, I don't remember saying that, you know, but, uh huh. Yeah, especially spitball, like, you get some new information, like, thrown at you, and then you just, like, knee-jerk reaction, you're like, well, I don't like that, and then they'd be like, oh, you don't, you know? Yeah. So, 
but we need uh, to allow, we need to give people grace to, to process those ideas. Yeah. And some people process by saying it, by doing it verbally. Yeah. You know, not everyone can like think up the perfect thing and, and let it go. Yeah. You know, sometimes we've got to like work through it and process it together. And yeah, sometimes it's a little clunky, <laughs> Yeah, a little clunky and, and say something you like really don't mean. You just like trying to add something to me, the conversation or just like, don't have it much to say. So you just kind of blurt something out. And it's like, you know, I don't really feel that way about that. I just, you know, kind of didn't know what to say at the time and threw that out there and, you uh-huh. know, don't, you know, don't believe that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Hopefully that's kind of, it's one of the little underlying tones of this podcast too is being able to remind folks that like, Hey, you know, we're humans and to be humans to make mistakes. You yeah. Know? And also if you're, if you have something that you're trying to do, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there and do it. Yeah. I want to, insp- and that, yeah. Inspire people with this podcast. Yeah. You know, like, like with you, man, and, and staying, staying with it, you know, like, but if you don't enjoy it, don't just do it. But like, I, I like this, you know, like having conversations, man. Uh-huh. And like talking to different folks and, and sharing stories, man. Like you got a really cool story and like, there's not that many lookouts probably in the nation, I imagine. Do you know how many? I I don't. I remember there's a a cool YouTube video where they they state the numbers. But there's not that many. It's pretty yeah. weird. It, for staffed paid lookouts, it's pretty rare. That's what I was thinking. It seems really low numbers because I've been on a few forests that didn't have them, you know? Yeah, I mean, the only ones that are really staffed and paid are exist in Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, Northern California, yeah. Arizona, yeah. maybe some in New Mexico. Yeah, but Colorado doesn't have any. I don't think. I don't think Utah has any, which is wild to me. Yeah, with all the big mountain ranges and stuff, they have good spots for them. There might be some out uh, east in the. Oh yeah. In Appalachia areas. I think so. I've seen a few of them. Canada. Yeah, you've seen the ones that are like just like a little tin can on top of a. Like a ladder or something. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Hot box. Oh, I could imagine, man. Like even in Arizona. He, I guess he was kind of high enough up, but the Mingus lookout was kind of like that. Uh-huh. It, it had stairs going up to it, but it's real small box. Yeah, metal. Yeah, metal. I'm like, man, that gotta, that's got to be kind of rough, you know? Yeah, and a lot of those, don't they have like a barbed wire fence around it yep. or something? Yeah, I think that's what his had too. Uh-huh. Interesting enough, he had like a rock that said like Teddy Roosevelt or something on it and like a date of like 18 something, I think. Interesting. Yeah, and like... No one could verify if that was like, a, <laughs> a, you know, if that was really him. But like, yeah, it was worn like it's it was old, and I guess he had like a his cavalry camp was there at one point or something. Uh, so around the area, so I'll believe. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I really believe it now. It's you more know, fun. yeah, exactly. Way more fun to believe in it, man. I'm with you. So I was like, ah, it's cool, man. Teddy Roosevelt was here, especially since he's like one of the, you know the founders of public lands and and you know like parks, right? Yeah, Yellowstone and him and Gifford Pinchot and uh huh, yeah. Yeah, my my uh, knowledge of the history of all that is poor. Mine's really poor. So <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I was kind of throwing that little, little thing out there to see, you know, if you could pick up where no, I failed. I cannot. <laughs> Me either, man. I, yeah, I just, you know, like, ashamed to say, like, I didn't really know much about it until later on in my career, like about uh-huh. Gifford Pinchot and Teddy. Ro- yeah, I knew Teddy Rosebuck, so everyone knows, but, you know, but more in depth on, you know, what they were doing to accomplish like wildernesses and parks. I don't know if that's really them, but. You know, kind of at least kickstarting the public yeah. lands conversations. Yeah. I think it. I think it was. I think Teddy Roosevelt did a lot of that. Yeah, I think so too, man. Yeah, wilderness is so important to me, man. I mean, we got like the biggest one on our back door, and I always yeah. thought it was the Bob Marshall because his, you know, it looks huge on the map, but like the the Frank Church cell, the Bitterroot Cellway, uh huh, and that like leads in the Frank Church or something, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, 
so pretty lucky to be right where we're at. Yeah, it's epic. There's so much land. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It, it man, it truly is. And you kind of got I mean, you can kind of see like right back into it a little bit, right? Like I can see um I mean, I can I can see into the wilderness. Yeah. Um not like great, but it's you can see a little bit of it right through the through the bitterroots. Yeah. Like I can see up yeah, I can definitely see into the wilderness cuz I mean, we've definitely we've hiked a lot of those when, you know, we cut out to w- the wilderness boundary and yeah. it's really not that far. It's only a couple miles to the wilderness boundary when you're going up any of these drainages back here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I can remember like w- one lightning bus where like a lot of them were hitting on the wilderness side of things. And I kept in my head, I was gearing up like, all right, uh, I'm going to go hike up like, uh, you know, like a uh, Kootenai Creek or something, you know, and go yeah. way back in there. Already here? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have, yeah. you have to drop your saw and you're like, okay. No yep. more saws past this point. Yeah. Oh man, I like was really, really into the idea of using like crosscuts and and like silkies for everything. Yeah. Until uh, I had to clear a bunch of roads in the Bob Marshall with the crosscuts. Yeah. And it's like, man, when you got like fifteen down trees across a trail in one small section. Yeah. You're like, I could have this done so fast with a chainsaw. <laughs> were you doing that? Was that when you were jumping? Yeah. We. Uh, I was actually out. Uh, on a fire but um hunting season was coming up and uh all the outfitters um trails were pretty much blow down from like the past fire going through in the weather yeah so um the uh, we had to hike the trail where the fire had come through already where all the the trees had fallen from you know high winds and uh cut out the trail so they get their pack animals through and their, and yeah. their guests you know and all their equipment and um yeah i was like really pumped when we left when i came back whew, I was worn out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How far in did you have to go? We were, so I was at, I was at Gates Park, kind of like, you know, pretty deep in the bob. I think it's like 11 miles, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, it's on the eastern side. And, I mean, we put, I don't even know how many miles in, but we put put some good miles in that day. And look, I was with some local folks who worked out, like Augusta Shoto and I think somewhere near Belt, I think. Uh-huh. And the, those guys have, had uh, ran crosscuts a lot, so they're pretty efficient. And yeah. Yeah, I was just getting worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That kind of that sounds like a sweet assignment though. Like it was really cool, man. Like uh, it beat me up a little bit, just like you know, tired and probably ego a little bit. And I was just thinking like the whole time I, I could have this done by myself with a chainsaw, <laughs> you know, yeah. like half the time. But it, it's kind of cool. That it felt historic, you know, to be doing everything by yeah know, crosscut. I I like the rules. I like the that they decide to. To preserve that. Me too, man. Let it be. And, yeah, like you're not gonna. You're not going to be cruising the wilderness typically and run into like a chainsaw noise or anything like that. Yeah. You know, like it's, they, they like takes you back in time, you know, yeah. which was really cool. And like when I was in Gates Park, um, we we're basically doing almost like a fire use deal. We were there for structure protection at Gates Park and for um, some horse uh, cabin just north of us. And there was another crew to the south of us. We went kind of close. There was another cabin just south of us that was um we were kind of there in case they needed help too with structure pro there like they're wrapping the cabins and head sprinklers set up so man that was a little too far away also i got like a little clearer dang it uh so yeah we get we got to hike around like investigate those cabins and kind of see what they're going to need like we we came together with a list of um you know if the fire approaches more you know like the trigger points and then Uh we'd uh go um have a helicopter bring in a sling load of, you know, uh, pump kit, you know, like how many garden hose, trunk, and how many sprinklers, and, you know, fuel for the pump, and, and wrap if we needed the wrap. So, 
uh, we did that, man. And that, like on the map, it felt like it looked like, you know, that far away. Uh-huh. It took us all day, man, and back. <laughs> and on the way back, we saw on the same trail we hiked in on, we saw this giant grizzly paw, like in the mud. And I was uh-huh. like, that wasn't there when we left. And it was like going the direction we were going. Yeah. You know? So, like, following you. Yeah. That's what it felt like. I was like, oh no, is he going to be waiting for us up here? Yeah. So, God, it's so intense. That's- yeah. The hair goes up on the back of your neck. And we were in this like perfect corridor, uh-huh. you know, of like trees where it's like really thick and the trail is like right to the middle, like off of like a, like a old, like, you know, Red Riding Hood story or something, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, you're in their world. Yeah, at that point, that's exactly what it felt like, you know, and not a whole lot to protect us besides some dull Pulaski's. Yeah, you know? <laughs> God. yeah, all we had. I don't even know if we maybe maybe the fellow I was with had bear spray, but I don't even know if we had bear spray between the two of us. So uh-huh. not not smart on our part, you know. But have you had a chance to get in the bob at all? No, dude. I that's the one of the drawbacks of you know being in fire. Is where our summers are all gone. Gone. Yeah, man. Like I've had a summer in thirteen years. Yeah, dude. I twenty nineteen was the only one, kind of. Only yeah, free summer like. But yeah. then you're busy doing yeah gigs yeah, on the road, right? Exactly. Man, yeah, that, that makes that makes for tough living. So, I I uh, no, I've I've never been in the Bob, which is wild to say, because I'm born and raised in Montana. Yeah, it's not that far from Missoula. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, right on the other side of Lincoln there. Yeah. Man, I did a. I was considering. I actually applied. I didn't get it. My first season as a lookout, I was trying to. I was looking at a bunch of lookouts. I applied to Prairie Reef. Oh yeah, which I've seen I, pictures. It looks epic. It looks epic, man. It looks amazing. That's like that's remote, remote. You know, you're yeah. in there. You might come out once. Yeah. The entire summer. Yeah, and they bring pack strings in to supply you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that because that's that's something I was. My brain was dancing around something we talked about. You know, in the off time between the roof and here. And um, you'd mentioned that if you weren't here, you'd probably like to do more of a, a remote uh, oh, yeah. lookout, right? Yeah. if Something like that. That's that. If I switched to lookouts from here, I'd probably go something more remote, like something in Frank Church. Yeah. Um, Frank- something maybe in the Bob. I I think I'd, Prairie Reef could be cool now. Yeah, man. Um, I, I talked to my friend Steve. I'm like, if you're ever... Trying to give up bear, yeah. I'll, I'll inherit it from you, and he's like, "Yeah, it's it's yours when I leave." That would be so awesome. I, I, would, I would take bear. Yeah. Um. Yeah, something something more remote, something where you can't see the lights. Yeah. Something where you're you're out there. See, I would I would really dig that. I've been you know now that I got the airstream and trying to you know keep the show on the road. I'd always like kind of picture myself being somewhere off the highway twelve corridor. You know, like probably past Locksaw or. Uh-huh. Maybe just up behind that, like, visitor center on the border there. Like, there's all those offshoot roads. And uh-huh. just being, like, camping out there and, and just, like, enjoying the, like, darkness. And, like, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know if I'd be podcasting back there, or, you know, like, what it'd be up to. Yeah. But, you know, I just have that picture in my head of, like, this full star sky. And just, yeah. the, you know, the outline of the uh-huh. silhouette of the airstream, you know, against the back of it. Yeah, dude, you totally should. Yeah, one of these days, man, it's... You- I love the airstream idea. I love like uh, that seems like a really effective way to podcast. Is you know not everyone can come to you. That's what. But I if saying. you go, you could probably get some higher profile people if you go to them. Like, hey, what's up? I'm I'm in your 
in your parking lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just outside if you want to do yeah. one. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know if it would come off as creepy, but I figured I'll try it. You know, like, hey, yeah. hey you want to get my trailer? I'll be like, yo, I'll come to you. Do you have an hour? That's a good point. Yeah, because there's, uh, there's one of the fellows who's, uh, you know, um, he does stuff like veteran wildfire stuff, and he's an AFMO down in Boise, I think. And I got his contact info on my phone because, you know, I'd like to interview him and talk about that side of things. And um and just because there's the opportunity sometimes for foresters folks to crew boss uh, like a a military crew like uh, you know a crew that's serving full time in the military and they just uh-huh. get dispatched to a fire or deployed to a fire kind of like yeah and he was talking about kind of the ins and outs and the things you should know um being like a civilian in charge of military folks you know like uh-huh. kind of their protocols and procedures so I talked to him and get that kind of info out there and then um uh the Boise smoke jumpers are there and there's you have a bunch of rad folks that jump out of there. And then the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, you know, like to go in there and bug them and, yeah, you know, talk to, uh, I think, is it Vicky is the founder? And then her son, Burke, Bert. Yeah, I'm, bla- I'm yeah, messing up their names, but I think, I think that's them. Um, but yeah, and they, you know, they helped me out in the past. So I like to go down there and talk to them and just kind of like, you know, sit down and, and spread more of the good word that, of the stuff they're doing, man. You incredible yeah. outfit there. Definitely. And then, yeah, yeah, just just see the place too, man. It looks like a, a really cool, like they got the big memorial site and stuff, and yeah, t-shirt, like a room of t-shirts from all the crews and fire folks have come to see him. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, yeah, I was just uh, you know that's just in Boise. Yeah, it's in Boise. Yeah, where the foundation like center is, in our home base, I guess. And um, I've been getting more into it because I've been like playing around with the idea of you know, trying to go, go down there and, and, uh, you know, like the off season, it, I think it seems to be a little bit warmer out down there, you know, like uh-huh. in, at least in the shoulder season, maybe and go bug some folks and like go out to NCSB yeah. and be able to interview. Like I heard, uh, the base manager, Darren Bellsby might be retiring soon. So I was going to hoping to catch him before he's out the door and, uh-huh. um, sit down and talk to him. And, and then, uh, you know, like just some of the cadre that trained me and, and whoever else maybe that, you know, like has an interesting story out that way. Yeah. But like you said, it makes it a lot easier because like those guys are they'd be they're not here that often. If they're here because of fire reasons and it'd be hard to lock them down. But and I think the uh, the lookout idea in the in the Frank would be pretty cool because there's so many hot springs back there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of in contact with one of them. I forgot which one he's at, but uh, there's like this reddit thread hmm. of uh <laughs> there's this this person on reddit on the subreddit cozy places oh that they uh are a lookout in montana and they make violins oh wow and they sh- took a picture of their their workspace yeah and um it's epic and Damn. it kind of went viral and i kind of piggybacked on that and yeah. i was like oh yeah this is your space well this is my space oh really and, like directly following and so mine went semi-viral as well oh wow not nearly as much as this person's but then yeah. it kind of got me connected to a bunch of lookouts from reddit really which happened to be mostly montanans oh really <laughs> and people from idaho and that's cool man and uh talking to the to him about his lookout it looked like a sweet deal yeah. in frank church oh cool doesn't come out it's very remote he's making um, violins in there this this person makes violins um I mean, all all the lookouts they're they're all doing something, you know, like Mark Moak, the the Mokes at uh they were at Spot Mountain, yeah, 
had to relocate to Salmon because of fires. Oh, that this year they did, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know. But he's a f- phenomenal um, photographer. Photographer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was I was blurred up photographer. Yeah, he's, he's a great yeah, photographer. How, how, do you, how do you how do you say that? Yeah. Oh, it's getting late, man. We've both worked all day. Yeah, exactly. No, I won't keep you up too much more, but uh, man, yeah, like like that's the beauty I think to me of the lookout and the lure that I have. Because originally, like the the idea for me, and I'm I don't have this talent, so it, like it didn't really speak to me. Is like being up in a tower and like writing stories. Uh-huh. I thought it'd be super cool because be the only way I could probably calm my brain enough to like just like focus on a story. Yeah, you know, like I could kind of think a story through and like, but the, to get this the the really good detail, you know, I think would be nothing to shut down. Oh no, hold on, I'm gonna pause the sucker. Okay, I feel a little better. Uh, so. GoPro didn't overheat this time, just the battery died and wasn't paying attention. So that's on me. Uh, but so um, I don't know where we left off, but one wrapping up the podcast. Uh, man, I had a point I was going to bring back after we came back from the break, and it has left my mind. Do you remember? I know we we're talking about like music, and uh, I don't know. Going after goals, but yeah, I kind of forgot what we were, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about. So, so it's gone, and I don't think it's coming back. It's getting late, so uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, you know, if you like uh, what you hear, and I hope you do, you know, working working hard, trying to improve every time, and uh, trying to get better at editing, trying to be better at hosting. But uh, if you guys enjoy us, please like and subscribe to help me keep this going, and maybe you know, spread the word a little bit if you could, and. Uh, get a better following and you know maybe we can get some upgrades for this sucker and uh you know upgrade the airstream and bring better content to the channel and then uh tanner thanks f- thanks for being here man and you want to yes, bless any anytime i uh, oh, appreciate it yeah what to do like you're saying up the top man maybe do like a at least an annual you know podcast yeah definitely we gotta do this every year yeah man yeah i'm i'm coming back next year at least i know that yeah and then after that maybe i'll just chase you around with the airstream you know like Maybe we're doing some big shows and I can follow you to Red Rocks or something cool. And world tour, dude. <laughs> get, the, get the Airstream on the boat. Heck uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably leave it behind for that kind of action. But, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, uh, you want to blast any social media out there, man? Yeah, just follow my... Uh, if you follow my Instagram, that kind of leads everywhere. But that's tannerfruit.loops. And uh, it's called that because one of my projects is me looping and that's what i've been doing at the tower and you can go back and check out my back catalog i have all that on youtube at tanner fruit loops um you can just put that in the search bar and it'll come up and you check out the channel but yeah i basically just hang out and improvise yeah i hang out bake beats and play saxophone over the top and it's just some some vibey music. Yeah, really. Yeah, really good vibey music, man. And like uh, like I said earlier, it's just really good, great. Like if, you know, the timing wise, it's good for like throwing on while you're cooking dinner. You know, and mm-hmm. it's it's a great watch. But if you just listen, even you know, it's it's good that way too. But you yeah, know, if you got a chance, to like sit up on like the microwave or something, and like watch a little bit while you're cooking. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of you know like serene and, and zen, like awesome. you know, like very relaxing. I I enjoy it a lot, man. Appreciate so that. I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, Got some gigs coming up. That should be through social media, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you just follow my stuff, then you'll be able to. I promote it 
relatively well. Yeah. Um, I like to let people know where, where we're playing, mostly because I want you all to he- to see my friends play music. But my my friends are all awesome, and uh, privileged to make music with the people that I make music with. And um, yeah, if you want to see me and any of my homies play, then check me out at tannerfruit.loops on Instagram. Oh, beauty. And then, yeah, I got, you know, look out podcasts on Instagram and all that stuff, which hopefully people know. Uh, but, yeah, thanks again, man. Thanks, thanks for having You're me welcome. and hosting me. And uh, it's kind of cool to finish out the season, you know, for the lookout tower in, in this fashion, I think, you know. Yes. This is the last, this is the final evening of final, the lookout tower. Final evening of the tower. Well, thanks again, man. And uh, I hope uh, everyone enjoys. <laughs>